Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Good to see you, church. I want to welcome you this morning. If you're joining us uh, online, welcome. We love you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thanks for being a part of the family. I mean that. So, hey, let me mention one thing before I jump in this morning. So next Sunday evening, that's the 16th of August, uh, we're going to meet as a church and pray over the campuses out here in Bushland. Uh, We will begin at 6 o'clock at the middle school. We will pray over that area and that ground, that campus. Then we'll move to the elementary. Then we'll move to the high school. So if you can and want to, we want you. Okay, we want to claim that turf, want to pray over those campuses that God would meet those kids, not just kids generally, by name, that school year, and speak to them. And so we want to pray over teachers, administrators, the whole campus. We want to pray over them on the 16th, not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Uh, and you'll see more about that uh, through our Facebook and different things like that this week. So grab your word. Uh, Psalm 13. Psalm 13, there's six verses. Uh, The first four, I'll go ahead and tell you, David just asked a lot of questions. And you're gonna feel like David is talking for you. (laughs) He's talking for us. He's just gonna ask a lot of questions. But then he's gonna get down in verse five and there's a large but. We're gonna camp there. And we're gonna camp there in five and six. What I wanna do is I don't wanna read the whole text. I wanna start walking you through it. So grab your Bible, go to Psalm chapter Psalm 13. I wanna begin in verse one. I wanna walk through these questions because I believe this Psalm is us today in many ways. I believe you're gonna find yourself in this Psalm in many ways, okay? So I want you to listen to it. I want you to hear what God has to say to us. Psalm 13, verse one, how long, oh Lord, I'm gonna stop right there. How many of you would say, oh, over the last six months, I have have said that. How long, how long, how long, how long? Because let me say something to you. I don't know if you're like me, but I feel like I have been in a heavyweight championship fight and I'm on the ropes and they're like, get off the ropes, man, get off the ropes. And I feel like the enemy's just gut punch me, gut punch me, gut punch me, gut punch me. Because the narrative in this whole thing has not changed. Every day it's the same beat down, beat down, beat down, beat down. How long? How long, oh Lord? Maybe you have no problem here with this whole virus thing. But maybe even before that, you were crying out to God for your marriage. God, how long? God, I, I, God I've been crying out to you. I've been asking you, what, what, how long, God? How long? 
for my wayward child. Man, I'm still praying that he comes home, that he comes home. God, we're still praying we have children. God, I'm still praying for my marriage. I'm still praying for my parents. I'm still praying. I'm still praying. Oh, God, where are you? How long, God? How long? How long? How long? I believe there's a lot of people praying that. Maybe not praying that, but they're speaking that today. God, how long? Well, can I give you some good news? It's okay to say that. There are people in the Bible that said that. Job said that. <laughs> Didn't he? Job said, how long, Lord? And then he had his wonderful helpmate, wife, just curse God, just cursing, just cursing. Well, you're helpful. You're helpful. Job said, no, nah, I'm not cursing God. I'm going to praise God because my Redeemer will come through for me. I'm going to praise God. How about the disciples? Disciples on a boat. Boat just getting rocked, man. Been getting rocked, rocked, rocked. They look over, Jesus. <laughs> What, what, what's he doing? Wake him up. I'm not waking Jesus up. You wake Jesus. I'm not waking Jesus. Nobody wakes. Jesus get up on his own. No, you got to wake him up. We're going to die out of here, man. We're going to die out of here. They wake Jesus up. Jesus said, it's storming, Jesus. We're going to die out of here. Do you care that we die out of here? Oops. <laughs> I just asked Jesus if he cares. I came out too quick. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I mean, seriously, how long, man? You're sleeping, we're getting killed in a storm. How about the children of Israel? They said it. God just brought us out here in the wilderness to kill us. He ain't even feeding us. Look at it, we're just gonna bring it out here to die. God, where are you? We're hurting out here. We're called your kids. We're called children of you. Where, where are you? Don't you even care? Come on, Moses, where's our God? He brought us out here to kill us. I know people have said that. Where's my God? God, how long? God, how long? How long? How long? How long? How long? He goes on to say this. Not just how long, oh Lord. He says, will you forget me? Forever? Hey, hey, me, it's me. It's me. That's me that's been praying. Where's my breakthrough? Hey, hey, hey. It's me. I'm your child, man. Where are you? In Deuteronomy 31, 6, Moses said to the children of Israel, he, your God, will never, never, Never leave you nor forsake you. Your God, our God, will never, ever leave you. I don't care how dark it gets. I don't know how tough it gets. I don't know how confusing it gets, how lonely it gets, how miserable it gets, how much you feel like he forgot you. He hadn't forgot you. Child, hear this. He has not forgotten you. You have not fallen off his radar. You're blinking. He knows right where you're at. 
He knows right where you're at right now. Hebrews 13, five, God said this again, said Old Testament, reminds him again, New Testament. Never, never, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Listen to me, church. If you're listening online, you feel like, God, where are you? You forget me? You don't even know my name anymore? I'm out here. I'm hurting. I'm lonely. I'm miserable. Have you given up on me? Have you quit on me? Listen to me. He's not given up on you. Listen, many times in my life, I have went to bed in these circumstances. And all I did was sleep. And I got up. And those circumstances had supernaturally changed. What did I do? I did nothing. But my God will never leave me nor forsake me. My God will never sleep or slumber. He never tires. He never wears out. I go to bed in Proverbs 3 that my sleep will be sweet because the Lord is my confidence. And my God tarries on my behalf while I sleep. And he begins to work stuff in my favor. Why? Because I'm his kid. And he loves to bless his kids. Somebody in here needs to go to bed with Proverbs 3 and let God fight for you. Let God fight for you. He hasn't given up on you. He knows where you're at. He knows your struggle. He knows why you're hurting. He knows where you are right now. You're not alone. Look at verse two, more questions. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? Mm. My goodness. Every day I have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? You feel that way sometimes. You turn on the news today. It looks like they win every day. Amen? Does it look like they win every day? You're like, God, I know. I know you're the sovereign God. You're the great I am. I know, God. I know you're going to win. I know we win. I know it. But right now, God, I know you won the war. But the battle, man, whoo, the battle ain't looking good. It looks like your enemy is triumph over you. Listen to me, it is wearing people down. It's wearing people down. I go in stores today, not because I need something in those stores necessarily, but because I go in there just to simply encourage people and say hi to them. There ain't a lot of that going on. There's just not. I was in Lowe's yesterday. <laughs> it's 100 degrees. I'm parked on black asphalt way out from the store, okay? I'm sitting in my truck, which is black, okay, and it's hot. And I see this little old man pull up. He's probably 70. He pulls his little Ford Ranger up. He gets out. He walks, that's 100. He walks all the way up to the store. And right before he gets to where he can go in, he goes. And he walks all the way back. You know where I'm going? Y'all been there yet? To the truck. And I go, he's getting his mask. He opens the door, reaches down. He's five foot eight. Now he's five foot six. All right. 
He walks all the way back to Lowe's. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened when he got into Lowe's. What the fat did I come in here for? <laughs> Isn't that what he said? He's 70. He can't remember anymore. He just walked across the parking lot 100 degrees. He didn't walk all the way back in. Now he's trying to figure out what in the fat did I come in here for? He's going to go back home, and it's going to hit him. And he's going to get back in his Ford Ranger. And he's going to go back to Lowe's. He's going to park. He's going to walk up. Oh, I forgot my man. Walk back again. He may forget again. It is beating people down. It just wears you out. I meet people, they say, man, today, <laughs> whoo, yesterday I was pretty good. Today I'm not so good. It just beats you down. And you feel like the enemy is triumphing over you. You feel like the winning. Look at verse three. Look on me and answer me. All of a sudden, he just kind of changes here a little bit. Hey, he knows me. Look on me. Look on me. Answer me, oh Lord, my God. Look on me. Answer me, oh Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. Oh, God, look on me. Go to, go to James. Look over in your Bible. Go to James. Go to James chapter 4. Listen to what James 4 says. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. And what do I do? I come near to God. Oh, he will come near to me. Some translations will say, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. If you find yourself lately being double-minded, I do at times, man. I'm like, God, I know you can. Woo, I just need to see it. I know you're sovereign, but what is going on here? God, I, 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 I'm good over here. I got hope. But God, then this happens. I turn this on, I hear this, and I'm like, oh my gosh, man, I'm hope. What in the world? And then I go over here, God, I'm good, God, I'm good, God, I'm good, God. Yeah, I know you can. You're great, I am. And then over here, I turn on something, I hear something, I get beat. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my goodness gracious, how, much, how many layers is this going to take? I mean, just over and over, and I find myself, I'm double minded. It's not that I don't think He can, it's just that I don't hear it enough. I'm drained. Anybody else out there getting drained? What it, this has done more than anything is reveal fountains. What is your fountain? Because if the world was your drinking source, you are starving to death. You're thirsty. But if God is your fountain, if he is the fountain you drink from, then you, are, then you are satisfied. You're not thirsty. That he keeps you well plenished. You're not dying of dehydration. You're not suffering weak and fatigue. Why? Because you, born again, child of the king, salvation spring up from the ground, spring up a well, John 4, eternal life that will never, ever, ever run dry. Never run dry. It is revealing your water source. 
if this world and the things of this world are people, are relationships, are things, is what drowns, is what feeds you water, what gives you water and satisfies your thirst, let me tell you, they are still just drying up. And the only thing, the only thing that will never dry up and never run dry, oh, is the fountain of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you that comes from the King. He is the refresher of his kids. He is your fountain. You can get double-minded out there, getting tossed to and fro, they say. Don't be like a wave, my friend. Don't be like sand that's constantly changing. You be the rock. Jesus is the rock. You build your life on the rock. You draw from that well, from the bedrock of that water, and that water never run dry. Never run dry, church. Never run dry. We got a road because he's asking questions and we need to get to number five. Verse four says this, my enemy will say, <laughs> I have overcome him. <laughs> you feel that way? Like the enemy's like, I got it. I just kicked their teeth. I just kicked them in. I, I, I whooped them. You're like, oh, I feel whooped. I don't know. I don't know. Your enemy will say, I've overcome him. And my foes, They'll rejoice when I fall. Once you go to John's gospel, I want you to see John real quick. We need a little John. Look at John chapter 10, verse 9. I, Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in. He will go out and he will find pasture. Verse 10, the thief, the punk, the enemy, he comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I have come that they have abundant life, abundant life. Abundant life. The world cannot give abundant life. Yet the world can give you things, and things can make you happy for seasons. But then you got to get more things because they rust or they dry up or they get old or the latest and greatest came out. But listen to me, Jesus doesn't change because he's great from the get-go, and you can't improve on great. He came because he's great and he loves his children. And he says, I have come to satisfy you. You come in, you go out, you find pasture, you find water. I'm what you need. I will satisfy you. I will give you abundant life. Abundant, abundant, abundant life. Let me ask you today. You finding it? You got it? He says, draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Come near to me, I'll come near to you. Wash your hands, sinner, and purify your minds, double-minded. He says, my children, listen to me. The enemy, he's trying to take you, trying to steal you, trying to cut you off. But I, mm, I, Jesus, will give you abundant life. Listen, one fountain, one king, one table, one king. Don't sit at another table and don't draw from another fountain. It will not satisfy you.
It's not supposed to. It's not supposed to. Verse five. I need to ask a question before we get into verse five. It's pretty simple. I'll ask you if you're joining us online. Do you know that there are different size butts? Church, are there different size butts? There's little butts, medium butts, big butt. I'm about to show you in scripture, big old hog and butt. Big butt. Now don't get alarmed. I'm not gonna show you a physical butt. I'm gonna show you a spiritual rudder that turns your life. It's a big old butt. I'm gonna tell you something to you. There are some of you in this room that like to be in control and every one of us that need to be in control at times. It's the greatest butt you can ever control. And you're the only one to control it. Look at verse five. He asks all these questions. He paints all these pictures. And he looks like he's just depressed and out. And then all of a sudden, it's like he wakes up. It's like the giving smelling sauce in the, see, he's been on the ring, he's been on the ropes, enemy been punching him, punching him, punching him. And all of a sudden, thank the Lord, the bell rang. He goes and sits down in his chair. Get that smell. Woo, woo. Wakes him up. And then look what he says. But, it's a big but. That's why they capitalized it. But I trust in your unfailing love. Though all of this looks like this, I trust in you. Listen to me. You cannot control all that stuff out there. You can't. You can't turn it, you, you, can't, you can't turn from it. It's just screaming at you everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. You say, well, I, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. I can't hear it one more time. I can't do it. I got to turn my phone off. Turn it off. Then you go home and you walk in and Fox is on. You're like, oh my gosh, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. I can't hear it. I can't hear it anymore. I can't hear it anymore. You turn that off. And then a buddy of yours will call you and say, hey man, do you hear what else? This is what's going on now. I'm like, no, get away, get away, get away, get away. I love you, but I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Listen to me. You can't control all that other stuff, but you can control the butt. You can control the butt. I can succumb to all this stuff, or I can control the butt and say, nah, I trust in you. I trust in you. I trust in you. I trust in you, God. You are good. You are good. You are good. You are good. Your love endures forever. You are good. You are a good, good father. You are good. I trust you. You're, you're worthy to be trusted. I do trust you. I do trust you. I do trust you. I do trust you. And you say it until you believe it because sometimes you say it and you don't believe it. You just got to keep saying it. You got to keep saying it. You got to keep saying it. Mm. I want to look up a little bit because I skipped something I don't want to skip. The bottom half of four. He says, my foes will rejoice when I fail or when I fall. Now, I want to speak here not from a medical side, but from a pastor's side. Okay, don't misquote me. I'm not trying to play Dr. Jeff. 
I'm not a doctor. This is Pastor Jeff. But I'm going to say something to you. These masks, they're going to kill us. They're going to kill us. They're going to kill us. Listen to me. The virus got a 99 point something percent cure rate. But these masks are going to kill us. Because whatever you can divide, you can conquer. And whatever you isolate, you can kill. I'm going to tell you right now, you go into some places of business, and I'm like, I'm smiling at you, but I can't tell if you're smiling at me. I don't know if you're smiling. Are you smiling? You need to smile. I'm greeting you. Did you just greet me? I couldn't hear that. I don't even know what you said. Did you say, I hate pastors, or did you say, hi, pastor? I don't, what are you saying? Pull your mask down. I can't hear you. There's nothing going. I don't know where you are. And we walk around, and we do our thing, and we don't see anybody. We don't see nobody. We don't greet nobody. And listen to me. Scripture tells us very clearly that will kill you. You're made, made by God for relationship by relational God. He says in his word in 2 Corinthians 13, 12, greet one another with a holy kiss. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I, I, I wanna introduce you and show you something you don't see much of anymore. Mark, will you join me, please, sir? Y'all know Mark, isn't he great? Let me show you what you don't see much. Here's what you don't see much of anymore. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good to see you, brother. Good to, good see, to you. see you. Now, what I just do right there, I just greeted Mark with a holy kiss. I'm not going to kiss Mark because Mark might hurt me. But listen to me. What did I just greet? Creation. When I greet creation, I glorify creator. Listen to me. When I greet creation, okay, the created thing that God made. I give homage to the creator. Mark, thanks, buddy. When we stop greeting one another, we don't let anybody know that they've been noticed. When people don't get smiled at or handshaked or hugged or greeted, they act like they get isolated. They forgot me. Where am I? Where did I go? Do I even matter anymore? For months and months and months, listen to me, you will kill a person if you isolate a person. If you divide them, you can conquer them. And if you isolate them, you can kill them. Suicides never had a crowd. I know that's harsh, but that's the truth. You gotta greet one another with a holy kiss. This mass thing is gonna kill us, and I'm not speaking from medical. I'm speaking from pastor, and that's the only thing I can draw from. Greet one another with a holy, holy kiss. I talked about the fact that the only thing I can control is the butt. It's the only thing I can control is the butt. Listen to me, man. We've got, we've got kids that are about to go back onto school campuses. <laughs> I just want to say something to you. They need to be there. They do bad. Because those little dudes need to get on that campus 
and they need to be greeted, hugged, and spoke to by someone other than mom and dad. See, teachers aren't educators, they're builders. They build men and women, moms and dads. They're builders. And you'll never build anything you can't touch. <laughs> Try it. Try, show me something you built without touching it. It's impossible. You gotta be able to love on them and touch them, give them high fives, tell them who they are. Because when a kid gets noticed, that's a big deal. When a kid gets acknowledged, that's a big deal. When a kid gets a high five and a handshake and a hug, when somebody believes in them and speaks into their life, that's a big deal. That's a real big deal. I can't control all the stuff I hear, but I can't control the but. I can control how I respond to it and who I trust. It says, but I trust in your unfailing love and my heart rejoices in your salvation. I trust in your unfailing love because my God will not change. I know the narrative doesn't change, the news doesn't change, it doesn't sound like we're winning, it looks like the foes are winning, it looks like the enemy's winning, we're getting told they win, it looks like they win, it feels like they win, but I'm gonna tell you right now, our God wins. We win. I'm gonna tell you what else wins, the church wins. No greater time for the church than today. No greater time for the church to be the church than today. No greater time. No greater time. Look at verse six. Why do I need to? Why do I need to control the butt? Why, why is my controlling the butt so important? Here's why it's so important. Look at verse six. I will sing. <laughs> I will sing to the Lord. Listen to me. If you don't control the butt, you'll stop singing. And you need to keep singing. You need to sing about the one you trust. You need to sing to the one you do trust. I'm always humming. I can't sing, but I'm always humming. I got in trouble the other day at the house because I'm humming. I'm humming, I'm humming, I'm humming. Nothing better than you, nothing better than you. I'm just humming it. Melissa's like, after hours, she's like, there's other parts of that song. <laughs> I know, but I'm singing, baby. I'm singing, I'm sorry. Listen, when the church stops singing, we're in trouble. Mm. Because if the church stops singing, hmm, the one who came to kill, steal, in the story, it's gonna be loud. Listen to me. There ain't a rock on God's turf that should take your place when it comes to praising and singing. If you got air today, if you're breathing today, you got reason to praise. You gotta praise. I want you to go quickly to Psalm 107. I want you to listen to this praising. Psalm 107, give thanks to the Lord. Mm. Let me say it like this. Give praise to the Lord. Give singing to the Lord. For he is good. Come on. That's what singing produces. He is good. He is good. Why? Because we have a, we have a remember problem. We have a short-term memory loss problem. You know that? That's what the enemy does. He wants you to forget how good your God is. Forgot, he, you forgot yesterday how good he was. Last week, how good he was. Last month, how good he was. Last year, how good he was. You gotta remember how good he is. Never stop singing. 
His love never endures. His, his love endures forever. Let the redeemed, that's the church of the Lord, say this. Those who redeemed from the land of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from the east, from the west, from the north, from the south. Some wandered in the desert wastelands, finding no way for the city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty and their lives embedded away. And then they cried out to the Lord their trouble and they delivered them from their distress. And he led them by the straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love, for his wonderful deeds for men. Look at nine. For he satisfies the thirsty. Mm, come on, he does. And he fills the hungry with good things. Man, that's good. That's, that's what he does. That's why we sing. That's why we praise. In battle, they always send out whom first? Worshippers. Because sometimes they didn't even have to fight. Because when they heard the worship, they laid it down, bowed down, and walked away. Some of us forgot how to sing. Some of us forgot how to praise. I want you to listen to a beautiful passage of Scripture, Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Acts 3, 19 says this, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. And watch this. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Mm. Let me ask you a question. Anybody in here dry? Anybody in here have seasons where you're dry? I have seasons where I'm dry. You say, well, you're a pastor. You don't ever get dry. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. <laughs> I have seasons where I'm dry. Seasons when I'm dry is not good, right? I had a moment yesterday evening in a little dryness that my mouth spoke. It's never good. So I said something to my wife. <laughs> That's who we usually say it to, right? It wasn't necessarily bad. It was hard. It was hard. You know why it was hard? Because I was hard. Why? Because when things dry out, they get hard. And when you speak from that, usually hard comes from that. You see, when Jeff is in the spirit, Jeff's tongue's good. When Jeff is in the flesh, Jeff's tongue's bad. Jeff gets in the flesh when he gets dry, when he gets hard. So I knew it was bad the minute I said it. So I said, I'm sorry. You see, that's really not the moment for sorry. So later on in the evening, after I took a shower, while I was in the shower, I'm, God's like, so, got something to say to me? First thing that rises up when you're dry is pride. And then God said, that was hard. And so I said, God, I'm sorry. You're right. I repent for being a jerk. I repent 
And then I came out of the shower, and my wife sitting on the couch. I said, baby, I'm sorry that I said that. I'm sorry. She said, I know. I forgive you. That's not who you are. Repent. Turn to God. Your sins will be washed, wiped out. Then, watch the order, then refreshing will come from the Lord. And there's no reason for God to send refreshing to a jerk. You repent from being a jerk, and then God will refresh that jerk so that that jerk's not hard anymore. There's an order, baby. You know what he's saying to the church today? Church, if you're dry, if you're hard, repent. Repent where you are. You repent of where you are. Your sins will be blotted out, washed out, and then I will send rain from heaven to water you. I'll send water from heaven. It'll come down. I want to get a little friend over here. Anybody know what this is? Mm-hmm. We don't use these a lot, do we? In the first service, I threw the sucker so far up, it went, it flipped over. It turned inside out. I thought I broke it. It's Mark's umbrella. Shouldn't do that. I bring this out for this simple reason. I heard an illustration this week. This particular region of the country, the city, was enduring a really bad drought, real bad drought. A lot of farmers and ranchers in the country, people are hurting. Then he rained bad. So the city got together and all the churches got together and they called a big citywide prayer meeting. They're going to pray for rain. So all these adults came, a bunch of adults came. city came from everywhere, a lot of farmers. You see the forecast? I see it, Billy Bob. Looks dry. Yeah, sure does. Looks dry. I look seven days, no rain. I look 16 days, no rain. We need rain. Yeah, we do. So the pastor gathers the people. Down here on the front row, little seven-year-old girl. She's sitting down there. She gets her umbrella out. Pastor's trying not to look at her. How do you not look at this? Pastor says, sweetheart, this a, is a prayer meeting for rain. Yes, sir. My mom told me we're going to come to the church and pray for rain. Well, what you doing with the umbrella? Rain. Rain. We pray for rain. Rain comes. I want to ask you something. Jesus says in Acts 2, in the last days, <laughs> he will send his spirit to rain down. You see, it's a whole different prayer when you're praying to a God who's a rainmaker and you hold an umbrella. That's a whole different belief. That's a whole different faith. That's a whole different trust. See, too many times as adults, we pray for something, but we don't pray with expectancy. Here's a little girl who's seven, who mama said, we're gonna go to the church and pray for rain. Well, she knows this about rain. 
If you're going to pray for rain, you better get an umbrella. Come on. Church, if we're going to have refreshing rain fall on our lives, on our church, on our state, on our nation, on our country, he's waiting for his people to start praying prayers that they really believe, prayers that they really trust the God they're praying to. And not just praying a prayer because they're in a church and they're told to pray a prayer, but they pray a prayer believing that when they pray for rain, they're God us in rain. Where is the church? Where is the people who are called by my name that are praying prayers for rain holding umbrellas? That's where I'm going. I wonder today, how many of you are dry? How many of you would be big enough to admit, Pastor, I'm dry. These last six months, man, I'm dry, man. You're taking a lot out of me. I'm hard. I'm struggling. I, I, I need Acts 319, man. I need to be, be repented. I need to repent because I have not controlled the butt. I've got myself there because I didn't control the butt. I didn't control, but I trust in you, but I trust in you, but I trust in you. God, I need to repent, not trusting you. Oh, I say it, but I don't trust you. And God, I want to be like a little girl that prays to a God for rain and refresh me and my church and my state and my country, my nation. I'm going to pray believing. How many of us in this room today as adults are ready to join this little girl? I think it's time that we get refreshed. We are dry people. We are a dry country. We are a dry nation. And we need fresh rain from heaven. And God said in the last days, oh, I'm going to pour it out. I'm going to pour it out. So I'm asking you today, church, how many of you would say, Pastor, I'm dry. I need fresh rain from heaven. I need it on me. Come send it on my church. Come send it on my church. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. I just want to pray over us. If you need to be refreshed this morning, you ask the rainmaker. Let him rain over you. Let him refresh you. And come to this altar if you want. There'll be people down here to pray over you and agree over you. Let me pray for us. Father, you by your Holy Spirit have spoken today. We're only responsible for what we have heard, what you have said to us, not what we have wished somebody else had heard. But God, you spoke our name today. You know right where we're at. You know if we're thirsty, dry, you know, we need to be to repent and be refreshed. So God, I pray you send rain from heaven. God, I pray that we'd open our arms and our hands and believe that you're gonna rain down our lives from heaven and refresh us. May we pray with umbrellas to a God worthy. We love you. Move us now. Move us now for your honor, for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. 
We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 